Cheddar Goblin! Cheddar Goblin! Cheddar Goblin! Cheddar Goblin! Cheddar Goblin has 60% more cheese than other leading brands. Yep! Yep, represented by this giant block of cheese. <laughs> Nothing is better than cheddar. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to the fuck this is. Just before we were starting recording, <laughs> Matt was just like, have you ever seen Cheddar Goblin? What, what does that even mean? What, what does that even... Uh, uh, then he whipped out his Cheddar Goblin for yeah. to see. It, it's, it's a fake advert from the movie Mandy. Yes, anyone, anybody who's seen Mandy will be well aware of the Cheddar Goblin. Um... <laughs> special it's it's a hell of a thing i like how the, the kids were mad at the cheddar goblin and at then the beginning, were, and then suddenly were ecstatic that the cheddar goblin was there yes once the cheddar goblin starts vomiting cheddar <laughs> all over them vomiting mac and, cheese, mac and cheese all over them then every all is forgiven oh, really how do you prep those cut child actors for that um, like so there's gonna be this horrifying rubber goblin puppet and it's gonna spew mac and cheese all over you just keep cheering. They'll be like, oh, just like my stepdad. What um, the hell? Oh, uh, Christ. So Again, this is what happens when you're back in the room together. Back in the room. Back in the fucking room. And we could touch each other. We won't. But uh, we could. Only because I won't let him. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, hi. Welcome to Big Dub Cast. Nerdy News, Geeky Gossip, whatever the fuck we talk about this week. Uh, I am Chris. Nothing's better than Cheddar <laughs> Johnson. And I am Matt... Cheddar Goblin, Cheddar Goblin, Watson. <laughs> That's not the freakiest like rubber Halloween thing we've seen today. No. Today's show. We're going to talk about a shitload of trailers today, everybody. So brace yourself. We're also going to look at emails and tweets and all that and gubbins. But first, could you please explain to me what the hell is, <laughs> is on the desk next to the microphone? Uh, no. Great. <laughs> I will not. Uh, I will. I will only say that it'll be on the Twitter. Okay, fair enough. If you um, want to know what the hell, <laughs> you're drafting a tweet I'm now. I'm tweeting right now. I'm oh showing off our special guest. God, we have a special guest who is made up of parts. No, don't spoil the surprise. Okay, fair enough. Go to the Twitter, Big Dumb Cast, to find out what the hell we're having to look at while we talk, and then question Matthews to why he put this thing up. Because I'm horrified. Um, do you know what else horrified me? Segway. Hey! Segway. <laughs> horror movie trailers. Horror movie. Well, two horror movie trailers and a action movie trailer. <clears throat> and a partridge in a pear tree. And a partridge in a pear tree. So first of all, I think we should, in in the interest of tone, yeah. let's talk about the, uh, the quote-unquote leaked Suicide Squad trailer. Yeah, oh, one, 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 of two, one of two superhero uh, trailers this week, actually, because the other one's um, Ten Rings. Completely fucking forgot about Ten Rings. Do you know why? Let's talk about Ten Rings. Because it crept out on a Friday in the early hours yeah. of the UK. It was like, what? <laughs> on the, the same time as the fucking uh, Halloween Kills trailer. Yeah, which we'll get to. Um, which we'll Suicide get to. Squad. So let's talk about Suicide Squad first. So it leaked, except it, it leaked. the leak was Margot Robbie and other stars of the movie putting it on their social media. Yeah. Um, six or seven hours before it was due to be out. Yeah. So, it, it, we, I mean, it's a cute publicity stunt, but it's also like, okay, okay we, we get it. You're, okay. All, you're all bad guys. We, yeah. We get it. Um, <clears throat> also, it seems like everybody was handed it at different times. 
Yeah. Like, Margot Robbie broke it first, and then it was like, David DeSmolchen got it like two hours later, <laughs> and John Cena got it like four hours later, and you're like, can you not just, like, could this be more coordinated? It made no, me, and no, someone's going to be, be like, of course you're turning this into a DC dissing session. That's not what it is. But like, think about whenever Marvel has a trailer that drops. Every single social media site and every actor who's involved with the franchise puts the, the trailer out at the same time. Mm. And it's like, wow, that level of coordination is actually really impressive to do. Because that's either you you getting the individual actors and directors or at least their management with access to their social media like to all participate at the exact same moment or schedule some at the exact same moment. That is a lot of coordination. Whereas here it was like a sort of scattered release. And the version of the leaked trailer that made it to Twitter at first was just bad screen capture of Margot Robbie's upload. So for ages, the only version of the Suicide Squad trailer that was up to watch was a shit, like, condition, really bad audio one. It was like, that's weird. And then like three hours later, oh, here's the trailer. Here's the, here's the, there you go, there's the link. Although it was fun that James Gunn was like mock telling off all of his... How dare you do this thing? Well, Uh, I suppose you're the bad guy. But enough about the, the... Weather twos and rifles. Let's talk about the actual trailer. Yes, it and looks good. Surprising no one. Next, yeah, it does. It looks really <laughs> fun. We get a lot more Starro. Um, Project Starfish. Yeah. Well, we get confirmation as well that it, it ain't just going to be your front cover of Justice League like one big starfish. We mm. get confirmation that it is going to spew out loads of little starfish. Uh, so I'm assuming we're going to get some face hugger mind control stuff at some point. Starfishes nice. Starfishes Incorporated Starfishes Continuing James Gunn's tradition of things with tentacles and small creepy crawly things yeah, that He slime loves it He loves it. it Absolute fucking slime hound He has seen enough hentai and he knows where this he's, is going He's driving it in that direction <laughs> with his planning. big old nightmare truck cap on being like <laughs> woohoo next stop the hentai store! Um, we most There's a hentai store? Why the fuck are we recording here? <laughs> we recorded the hentai <laughs> Let's store. Let's get a sponsorship. Be great. Get a technical uh, to hold the microphone. Yeah, Brilliant. it'd be great. Um, <laughs> fuck off. Uh, yeah. I um, want to record a podcast whilst being wanked off by a squid. I, like, I'm just saying. <laughs> I hope that we haven't seen all of Peacemaker's best lines in the trailers. Yeah, he's sort of held back a little in this. We get some more zings, but like he's they're, they're, it seems like good. they're saving John Cena's at least well, his action beats. He's doing the John Cena <laughs> thing of just playing it completely straight, but saying ridiculous things. Yeah, which he's very good at. He's very good at deadpanning. Did you see that really brief controversy this week where um, someone someone said that they'd been pitching a film with The Rock, John Cena, and Dave Bautista co-starring together all, all together in one film? Yeah, and Dave Bautista went, "Nah, I'm good." And it became this weird fake controversy where everyone was like, oh, you're too good for these guys. Or like, oh, you're too good to acknowledge your roots. And he had to come out and just go, look, I'm, I'm kind of winding down from action stuff. I've, I've, yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've hit, done it. And he posted like a, a picture of an edit of all the parts he's played in the last few years. And you do look at it and you go, yeah, this this guy has got like a lot of nuance and range going on. Yes. I can see why he's like, look, I'm going to do less action now, thanks. He's, he's and a film with yeah. the three of them would undoubtedly be an action flick. Yeah. Unless they subvert it and someone comes to him now and is like, right, the film I'm pitching with all three of you is actually like a, an intense drama or like a kitchen sink drama. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. Now, if that happened, I would be like all in. What if it's like The Fighter, but with bodybuilders? Uh, what if it was like Pain and Gain, but 
not made by a prick. <laughs> pain and Gain is... There's some fun to be had in Pain and Gain, but it is also awful at the same time. The Rock's in it's, that. Uh, so. The Rock is in that. <coughs> and some charisma in there. There is, there's plenty of charisma There's a lot of Bud it. Light in it. There's oh, so much Bud Light. <laughs> so much Bud Light. Um, the Rock almost... <laughs> the Rock... The Rock's charisma almost cancels out Mark Wahlberg's mouth-breathy piss-boy energy. Almost. Um, almost. Almost. Um, um, out of Batista, Cena, and Johnson, who is the better actor? I think they're all. I think they're all really good performers. I think Batista's they, they prove that they're all good performers. But yeah, but he's, he can he can do more. Look or, at or at least has been given the chance to do more. Yes. Or has been picky enough to only pick the roles that let him do that. Yes, I think absolutely. Dwayne's a charisma powerhouse. Like yes. You can put him in anything and I'm like, I will at least consider watching this because I like watching He's him. He's got screen. screen presence for days. Yeah, so. and Cena is like so fucking funny. Yeah, I think Cena's probably the best, the best comedian of the, of the three. Comedia del... You can't see me. You can't. Um, <laughs> mm. Oh, that's why Dave Batista doesn't want to be in a film with John Cena and The Rock. Because they're both because invisible. Ev- everyone would just think The Rock was in it. <laughs> there it is. The jokes wouldn't yeah, stop. There's the invisible. Well, him and James could have been complaining about the invisible Drax joke. Yeah, and saying at least it's at least it replaced the uh, "I have sensitive nipples" line because that was a thing he got uh, my nipples. joked about for ages. And it's like oh, they're God. quite good, to be fair. But yeah, people do people do. do take these things too far, don't they? They, they never. Stop. It's almost like they make podcasts where they can talk about yeah. this shit. Speaking of, um, uh, Idris Elba gets a, probably the biggest focus in this trailer. Yeah, so and it seems like he's going to be our sort of main uh, point of audience now, sympathy. Do you remember early days when we heard that he was cast as the new lead in this one? Yeah. And Will Smith wasn't returning. And those headlines came out at the same time. And there was a lot of speculation, and we covered it on the show, that uh, Deadshot had been recast. Yeah. And Idris Elba was taking over from Will Smith. And we were like... No, 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 like, it's probably going to be an original character. And then they revealed that it was, what's his face? Bloodsport. Bloodsport, uh, who I did a little reading on at one point. was like, yeah, I have no knowledge of this character. Oh, oh, he is an obscure yes, character. Yeah, yeah. And his costume is nowhere near as cool as this one. And there's already, like, upcoming artwork from some DC books where he's now going to be in it with the film-inspired costume. And yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Like, no worries. Yeah, that's, that, that's comics work now. That's how that's that's how we are. That's where we be. Yeah. But um, I've got to say, this trailer did make me think. You know what? I think there is a draft of this where that's Deadshot, because the yeah. plot we're introduced to is that his daughter is being used as leverage by yeah. Waller, and it's like, yep, yeah, that was that was Deadshot's story. Yeah, <laughs> that was his story too. It's a little. I'm a little sad to see how similar that is, to be mm-hmm. honest. But we'll let the film speak for itself and see if it. Which I'm sure it will. Did you see? All the and I, and if if you didn't react this way, this does not apply to you. <laughs> Don't worry about it. But did you see all the absolute wet fart pissy DCEU fans? <laughs> Piss boys getting so annoyed that apparently Bloodsport is put away because he shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet, which landed Superman in the ICU. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Some fucking man of steel wouldn't be down by that." Fuck it. Guys, it's a kryptonite bullet. And That's a more than like perceivable way, the believable yeah. way for Superman to end up having to go to the ICU. A poisoned bullet made of the one substance that can pierce his skin. Apart from which. Went into his body. That is actually how Bloodsport was introduced in the comics. Yes! <laughs> so that's the other thing as well. I thought it's not how it would happen. Uh, yes, yeah, it actually mean, did it happen. Did. Yeah. And, there we go. And it's that whole thing of like, Superman's not that puny or weak. It's like, guys, you don't know the full story. Superman probably got to the hospital, 
paramedics took it out. He was like, thanks. Healed the fuck back up, flew over and punched Bloodsport into the goddamn sun. Thanks, now like, put me on the sunbed. <laughs> exactly. Like, he's... It's not... You don't... They're not saying, this guy killed Superman, or this guy took Superman up. The, the biggest comparison everyone kept posting in, in that... Uh, which we call it uh, the Piss Boy faction. Piss Boys. Was an image of him from Zack Snyder's Justice League when Steppenwolf hits him with that big axe and it does nothing to him. <laughs> and they were saying, you're telling me this guy was put down by, by Idris Elba with a bullet. And it's like, with a kryptonite yeah, bullet. Yeah, a kryptonite yeah. bullet. With a yes. kryptonite bullet. He absolutely was. And that's fine. That's how that's how Superman works. He's weak to kryptonite. Why do you that's have how this, it works. Why do you have this issue with your heroes having weaknesses? Like... That's what makes them endearing. The fact that they persevere. They just need strong men in their lives because daddy wasn't there. Um, it's also weird because these are the same people that during the Dark Knight trilogy coming out said they don't want a Superman movie because he's too overpowered and he's too, he's too good. He's too but he couldn't be taken down with a bullet. But he couldn't be taken down with a bullet. I just... I don't think it'd be actually the same people. It, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I, I imagine really there's some overlap wouldn't. on the old Venn diagram, but... There we go. I just... I don't know. I just... It's weird that Superman no, has been Chris, made more... No, you don't know. And how dare you make presumptions? I'm going to. It's our <laughs> podcast, damn it. I'm going to say what I think. And if you don't like it, then you can leave a comment and help us in the algorithm. Thanks. Please. Um, please leave comments. Please leave comments. Please please pop a comment in my... <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's like... It's weird how um, Nolan's darker lean with Batman and the studio going with Snyder's take on Superman Man of Steel has sort of, like... Open the door to people who were critical of Superman as a positive character. Yeah. To now decide that no, he's he's like a he's a he's a badass, emotionless like, and it's like, no, Superman's always been badass, but he's also always all he's also always been cheesy and a bit camp and yeah. Boy Scout. Like he's all of those things, and that's fine. One throwaway line in the trailer about an assassin who is a bad guy who has to be dangerous enough that he's considered for the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Saying that, oh, he was put here because he took down Superman temporarily. And, like, I just shut up. I think a lot of it is just inbuilt disdain for the fact that this is a director from the Marvel franchise. Yeah, probably. Um, There was a big outcry from a lot of that set as well at the fact the trailer says the man who brought you Guardians of the Galaxy. They're saying, how dare you bring up Marvel? How dare you? Oh, I'm sorry. The Warner executives who are trying to sell you this movie aren't going to use the name of the fucking massively successful movie this guy also made that will make people come to see this other superhero film he's made. Do you know what I mean? It's just so weird. Yeah, why? It's so freaking weird. It's like, why are you so pissy? Why are you such... Piss, piss boys. boys. Um, it looks about, fun. It looks really fun. Speaking <laughs> about piss boys. No, no piss in this. <laughs> Ain't no piss in this. Let's talk about the the, the the new trailer for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The story trailer. The story trailer. I mean, it, it's what we thought it was. It's it's um, Shang-Chi's broken away from his father and his father wants to bring him back into the fold, but he doesn't want to go back into the fold. And now there's all sorts of cool, weird stuff, including an underwater dragon and elemental wind powers and water that hangs in the air. And the Ten Rings are like the arm weapons that we kind of knew they were from merchandise and stuff. Can we touch and on that for a second? That's a really great visual. Though. Yes, yeah. It does really look good. really freaking it's really cool. Neat. It's really neat. Because like, yeah, traditionally in the comics, the Mandarin wields the Ten Rings of Power and they each have their own sort of abilities and combine basically make you like a, a nearly in, invulnerable they're not. Qu- they're not quite Infinity Stone level powerful, but they're very powerful. Yeah, they're alien technology that has sort of been blown up to be items of mysticism. Yeah. Um, 
which the Mandarin uses to his advantage. There's also like, because I can't remember which origin we've gone with with the Mandarin now in terms of the comics, but like there's always been implications that he is an ancient being who has survived because of this tech or who's mm. already this mystical thing and then this is what raised him to the next level. Who or, could say? You know, um, well, we probably could pick up <laughs> an Iron Man comic and say, but do you know what? Uh, oh, this no. Iron Man comic is massively racist. Oh, dear. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so maybe not read his actual origin. Uh, yeah, I just don't um, do that. So, um, but, but so, so the recontextualizing him here are basically being like, it looks like it's sort of a, an equivalent of, of, a, of a kingpin, of a, of a, of yeah. a, war, a warlord, gangster. Yeah. Um, I like the scenes we see of, I think this is the stuff I'm most excited about, the scenes we see of him with young Shang-Chi. Yeah. Where he's basically like, bring your son to work day. <laughs> while this guy's being, like his job is, oh, I'm here to enforce and be aggressive and, you know, um, punch people down and make a statement. Like that scene in a restaurant yeah. where he's beating a guy up and his kid is standing by watching. Oh, I'm going to make you tough by having these two guys beat you with sticks. Yeah, like that's horrible. And now we have the, what's nice in this story trailer compared to the teaser is the juxtaposition of his mother. Yeah. Who is completely separate from him or from the Mandarin or at least is... That we see. Or, like, or at least is morally separate from him. In context, who knows? Yeah, but I love the fact she's like, you are, you are also your mother and like, whether you like it or not, you are also your father. Yeah. Like, that is part of who you are, but it's up to you to decide who you're going to be. And so, it, it, this is basically the first sort of superhero origin movie we've had in the Marvel franchise for a bit. Um, yeah. I think it looks visually fun. I, I don't I don't know if this trailer slapped as much as the teaser did for me. I think the teaser slapped a bit more. Well, it's just a bit... The teaser gave us more razor fist and kick it on a bendy bus. And that, That's that true. stuff was Which really cool. Which there is cool. a bit of in here. A little bit on here. Uh, less emphasis on Razor Fist, though. Where's my Razor Fist? Oh, I want God. Razor, Razor Fist. Fist is hardly an A-list character. Yeah, A-list but villain. like, no, absolutely no offense to Aquafina, but like the chase figure for these Marvel Legends tied into the film that are out in the states right now is Katie, her character. It's like a Walmart exclusive, and it's the rare one, and of course, it's hanging on a lot of pegs at the minute because no one knows who this character yeah, is. Yeah, it's like who Ugh. cares? So it's just side the store. But I'm like, no offense to her, I think her character absolutely should get an action figure. But why is there no Razor Fist in this line? Yeah. <laughs> of all the figures they've made from the film so far, there isn't the one of the dude with a sword for an arm? Give me Razor Fist. Give me Razor Fist. Or give me death. <laughs> um, uh, the speculation line that that's Fing Fang Foom underwater? It isn't. Uh, I hope sorry, it is. Sorry, I'm sorry. Lego has given, confirmed it isn't. Oh. Merchandise. Merchandise. Uh, but it is a dragon. And it, it is, is a dragon. Real, and it is freaking real. It's more than we got an Iron Fist. Um, that's true. This is the better Iron Fist already. Yeah. Um, it's mad. Uh, so I'm I'm just looking forward to this. Like, I, I just I, it's just something. People complain that Marvel just keep doing the same thing over again. Yeah, it's probably going to be have a lot of the similar Marvel feel to it. I mean, that's what makes them so sort of consistently good. But mm. it's a character that is not only a bit more obscure than anything we've had to this point, and you know we've had Guardians of the Galaxy, but also a character who they've kind of had to re tool more extensively because so much of his origin and history is sort of tied in with problematic representations of Asian culture <laughs> that bringing on people of Asian heritage to sort of shepherd it into is I think a really smart move and could uh, really pay off there's no there's no stench of you know that the archetypes of white man goes to Asian territory to learn martial art and become yeah. better. And also the way the film's been made, there's no sort of white man is going to tell you this story completely. Like the, like you said, in terms of its 
pedigree of its casting and its writers and the people who are working behind the scenes, they are going, hey, how do we stop this being problematic like the origins of this book? Oh, yeah. I know. We hand it over to people who actually represent what the story should be about. Yeah. Here we go. And that's, yeah, that alone is interesting. Again, like you say, Guardians is a great example. Have faith. Anyone who's watching this trailer and going, I don't know, so is this my jumping off point for the MCU? You you used to look at a trailer with a talking raccoon and a tree and go, the fuck is this? Like, But by the same token, you've had 21 MCU movies at this point. So if you, this is a jumping off point, true, fine. True. It's, just, it's fine. You don't have to watch these. I think this is going to be more of a jumping on point for people, to be honest. I think so. Black, uh, Black Widow and this are like, here are basic stories centering on one character. Well, I think this more than Black Widow, because yeah. Black Widow has the baggage of it being a character you know from those previous movies. Before we finish on Shang-Chi, did you see the uh, the furor around Black Widow this week, uh, where people were like, Scarlett Johansson has confirmed that this is her last film as Natasha Romanoff. And everyone's going, No! How is that not obvious? <laughs> like, how is that not obvious? Like, like, spoiler alert for a two-year-old movie. She's dead. <laughs> also, like, they're refreshing the core cast. <clears throat> yeah. Like, a lot of the original round of, of Avengers, they're gone now. Yeah. It's only really Thor who's still around from that. Oh, oh, oh it's he- Hemsworth, Renner, and Ruffalo. Yeah. So we've got half the originals so, around. And they're Which is a perfect gonna... basis if you want to do your next Avengers movie to be like, right, these guys are the, the head of it. Yeah. Here's your new team joining them. And then going forward, they don't have to stick around as much. I, I can see Hemsworth and, <clears throat> and Ruffalo maybe doing another Avengers film. I don't think Renner will. Um, it depends on where Hawkeye goes, I suppose. I just think it should go it's away. Um, <laughs> should go. Should just go. Well, that's the thing that what one thing these movies are doing really well, and and Shang Chi's all about this is is legacy. Yeah, like they're setting up the idea of like the next yeah. generation. So Shang Chi, it's I doubt we're going to come away from this movie with Shang Chi owning the Ten Rings. And it looks like the kind of, that's the kind of thing they're probably going to be the fact that the <clears throat> that Ms. The, Ms. Marvel, that Captain Marvel Two is the Marvels. Yeah, featuring featuring go um, featuring. Um, Monica, Monica and, and Kamala so it's like oh look yeah. legacy um, Thor Jane Foster is taking up Mjolnir yeah. in the next one although I don't think we're going to get Jane Foster as Thor going forward I'll be honest I think it depends on how much fun she has on that project yes, and how much money they well, yes. dump, dump truck up to her house they paid me a because lot Natalie of Portman money. came away from Dark World going yeah, I think that's it for me. I'm not really interested in doing it anymore. And then they explicitly write the character out and everything yeah. to make it the case. And then obviously she watches Ragnarok. Taika is like, hi, I've got an idea. Just hear me out. If you don't want to, you don't want to. And she's like, and you his made idea that last was, one? Do you want to join my poly bubble? And she said, no. No, but... Said, oh, I've got be- another idea, <laughs> actually. Uh, would you uh, like to be in my Thor film <laughs> with my poly bubble? Um, <laughs> hey. <laughs> Big love to the Psycho team. <laughs> yes, big love to Tessa Thompson. Literally. Rita Ora is a bit of a shithouse. But yeah. apart from that, big love to them all. Yeah. Um, Rita, I'm having a birthday party with 30 people during a lockdown. What officer? I didn't realise it was against the law. Aura. Um, anyway. <laughs> just, just saying. Just saying. Like, Taika, I hope you are getting tested every time you make out with Rita Ora. Rita you, don't know where she's, you do not Aura. know where she's been during a pandemic. She likes to break the law. Um... <laughs> Yes! Um, That's better than most of the singles. Speaking of breaking the law, Um, underground cage fighting. The trailer ends with, I don't think it's Wong. The internet's going, is that Wong? I think they would have told us if it was Wong. I think we would get a hero shot in this trailer of Benedict Wong's face. Also, why would Benedict Wong be... Benedict Wong? Why would Wong 
Played by Benedict Played Wong. Played by Benedict Wong. Uh, <laughs> Saves the money on the on the print for the forms and the trailer yeah. door stuff. They Why? just put Wong and everyone's like, well, that's Benedict Wong. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, that's that's some of the old, that is something that hit me like two years after watching Doctor Strange. I was like, wait, the leads in this are both played by dudes called Benedict. Yeah, what are the fucking chances? <laughs> like, what are the chances of that? Um, but imagine if it was Benedict Strange and Benedict Wong playing Stephen Strange. And <laughs> imagine if it was Benedict Strange playing Wong. <laughs> Benedict, Benedict Wong, Wong playing Strange. Yes. I read the unbelievable Gwenpool last night, and there's a bit where Doctor Strange sort of helps her settle into the six one six. Okay. Uses magic to kind of give her an identity there, so she could get a bank account, basically. Oh, okay, yeah. And he sort of briefly peeks into her universe. You don't see it, but he's kind of looking, and he thinks for a second. He goes, "Cumberbatch, I see it." Uh, and it's like, oh, that's nice. That's, that's pretty fun. cool. It's it's a really fucking great that's book fun. as well so far. Um, but anyway, um, uh, so I don't think it's Wong, but it's definitely a, a it's definitely a sorcerer of Kamataj because the robes dude, yeah. and the magic. Um, who's he fighting, Matt? Um, it looks like it looks a like a piss boy. <laughs> no, no, it looks like it's a classic comics accurate abomination, and definitely. MCU abomination kit bashed as well because it's like he's got the weird freaky ribs mm. he's got the weird big feet he's got the the, the bent over statue with the pea head oh, big but man now, big feet but now but <laughs> who the hell's this guest outside but you know what they say about um, <laughs> tiny pea head big man big feet yeah yeah. they're going to have finish yeah obviously <laughs> um, so what's really nice is he's got he's wearing a loincloth yeah, protecting his modesty. Yeah, well, it's bright. It is. It's bright blue, like the abomination's little pants usually are in the comics. Mm. Um, his, he's still pants. got the weird fucked up spine, but it's now got like fin protrusions sticking out of it. Like, like there's a further gamma mutation going on in his body, mm. and he also has, like you said, Phineas. Phineas, like the abomination actually. Because for those who are confused, Abomination appeared in the MCU in Incredible Hulk back in 2008, played by Tim Roth. Best thing about the film, like Tim Ross' performance is good. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty underrated movie. There's some good it's stuff It's not going a high point in, in the MCU, in... but it's pretty fun. And Tim Roth yeah. as, as Emil Blonsky is great. And then you get that lovely payoff at the end where he's further mutated and becomes the Abomination. And you get the final showdown between two big CGI beasties in, in the it's streets. It's abominable. Yeah, and Snowman. Um, <laughs> so, no, man. Um, no, man. Snowman. It, it, the way they, they show it is Hulk in that film is kind of, it's like, his exterior is all sinew and muscle. Yeah. Like Banner is kind of grown outwards and then they scrap that design between then and Avengers and it becomes more about beefy boy. Yeah. Uh, which sort of suits the Ruffalo design better. But it does imply that, oh, so there is kind of further gamma mutation for anyone who undergoes this process. Like people yeah. can change. You could chalk it up to that. It's not just a change of design for Hulk. It's like, oh no, the, the character, the, the, the Hulk has sort of changed and shifted a bit. Um, which is absolutely true because later on, by the time of like Ragnarok, he's got more of a leaner figure. Like he's less chunky, he's more leaner. And then, of course, by the time of Professor Hulk, it's just basically like human but yeah. expanded. And it's like okay, so Blonsky's obviously going through the same thing in that film. He's all bone and like you know, big overarching ribs, and like his elbow bones stick out and protrude, and he uses them as weapons. Now it looks like the mutation's going in a more reptilian mm. bent with spines coming out of his spine. Because he's a cold-blooded motherfucker. Yeah, and his big old big old ears. And he seems to be a, a bit more of a tinge of green as well. Oh, love it. So Love it. Love I, a bit of green. 
on a completely nerdy level, it's cool to see that we're getting payoff. Because every time they reference Incredible Hulk, it's been, like, kind of nice. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that did happen. General Ross is now the Secretary of Defense. Great. Brilliant. Yes. I like that. I've always said I would have loved at least one throwaway line about him actually fucking hating Banner. We Set never get Terry. it. But that's fine. It 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 works. You watch yeah. Incredible Hulk, you watch Civil War, you're like, I believe that that's the same dude. I absolutely believe that that's the trajectory he's gone in. He's worked himself up so much that he had a heart attack, near-death experience, and I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in charge of this bitch, but I'm going to be calmer about yeah. it. Yeah. I believe it. Um... <laughs> there was a wonderful tweet I saw during the rounds after the Shang-Chi trailer saying that Abomination great now uh, MCU could you maybe give these guys another appearance and it was Tim Blake Nelson yes and uh, Liv Tyler and it's like yeah yes please just just touch base with Betty Ross just show us that she's somewhere living her best fucking life and she's not pining for Bruce but like give them a scene that'd be cool well certainly in, in, in earlier drafts they were playing of I can't remember which film it was they were playing with the idea of Red Hulk uh, I think it was Civil War. Yeah. yeah. So, but it would have been it would have been way too distracting in that yeah. movie. Way too distracting. Plus, what's kind of nice about the film is you don't have Thor and Hulk in it. Yeah, you, yeah. So, so everything's a bit. You feel like the aside from you know Vision, you feel like the superhero matchup is well, even. Vision matched. is your heavy hitter, and then <clears throat> yeah. that goes tits up, and that's what fucks up um, Rhodes. Yeah. So that's you know, that's quite well. Vision's your heavy hitter, and then they bring in Spider, who is a heavier hitter than anyone thinks he is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing which everyone underestimates Spider. Mm. And of course, by this point, Wanda as well isn't in like full. She's, no. She's not, but mostly she's holding back because she doesn't want to hurt anyone. Yes. Because um, like, by the time of Endgame, it's like, who are the strongest members of the Avengers? Captain Marvel, Thor, and Wanda. Yeah. <laughs> They're basically all Hulk, physical gods. Hulk's you back up. Yeah. <laughs> like, these are the strongest. So... Hulk's you back up. I put Ant Man in there as backup too. Like when he hits giant man size, he's pretty fucking formidable. Also, Hulk's injured in the Endgame battle. He is, so he's not even with a little cast strength. arm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this adds further thing to what I talked about when we were doing Falcon Winter Soldier. I absolutely think that they're building up to a Thunderbolts or a Dark Avengers lineup. It, here. Yeah, okay, I can see it. I can but, see it. Like, I mean, we knew Abomination was coming back in She Hulk. Well, we knew Tim Roth was coming back to play Blonsky yeah. in She Hulk. But now it's like. They're reminding everyone that Abomination exists. It would be pretty neat. I wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't actually get any dialogue or anything. It could, yeah, it could just be a visual cameo. Because yeah. you see later on, earlier in the trailer, presumably later in the scene, Shang-Chi is in there facing one of the, is it the Death Dealer? Whatever it's called. The, guy, the guy's in the, the porcelain mask. Fuck knows. So it's like, there's, you know, that, that this is them arriving at this location yeah. and seeing fights happening. Um, but they're reminding us Abomination exists. US agents out there. Mm-hmm. There's a duplicate vision going around that sort of is the vision, but not quite yet. Armor Wars is happening at some point soon. Yeah, like they're they're just they're just going. Hey, you know all the all the heroes. You notice there's like sort of dark mirror versions out there. I'm just going to remind you all. We've got many characters. Um, <laughs> like two more trailers on a completely different bent. Yeah, but what one? Let's well, go, both all about villains. Let's go horrible. Let's yeah. go horrifying. Let's get. Um, first of all, something <laughs> that was supposed to be out last year but got put. Well, the both out supposed to be out last year but got pushed back. Yeah, but this one uh, we know a bit less about because it is near Costa's new uh, Candyman reboot just slash just sequel. Checking. You said it once. Just keeping a tally. I'm not looking in any mirrors. It's fine. True. You've got to look in the mirror. You can't just have a mirror in the room. All right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> like that's 
Someone did their homework slash paid attention to the trailer. Somebody's seen the film, (laughs) the first film, um, and both sequels. Um, (laughs) Farewell to the Flash, that's number two, right? Was that three? Yeah, no, it's two. What's three called? Just Candyman 3. Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead? Okay. Because, of course, it's set around the day that, yeah, of course. Uh, Because, of course, it is, because... you can have a film about black people without going into uh, black culture stereotypes and setting something in New Orleans despite the original being set in Chicago, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Which is why this movie is, like 2018's Halloween, a direct sequel to the first Candyman. Yes. Although, as far as we're aware, it, it isn't going out of its way to say two and three didn't happen. Well, <clears throat> but it's doing the thing that Halloween 2018 did and having yeah. the same name as the original and being a sequel to the original. Apart from the titular... Um, Ghost spirit mm. entity. Mm. There doesn't seem there isn't actually a lot of connected tissue between um, Candyman and its sequels. Yeah, uh, but because the, the whole point of the original is it's a story of a very specific place and a very specific area and and town and everything. Mm. I'm guessing two and three go beyond that. Then, like you said, New Orleans. It's like we're going to go over here now. And it's like it becomes yeah. it, it sort of got swept up a little bit in the. The eighties afterglow, late eighties afterglow of like the Elm Street franchise and things like that. Like the slasher is the star. You've made one good film with a really unique horror villain, so let's make more films with that horror villain. Yeah, and it's like, do we need to? And that's the question put out by this one when it was first announced. The reaction was sort of like, do we need to remake Candyman? And then they came out and said, no, it's not a remake. I was like, oh, okay. So what is it? Well, it's a continuation slash franchise reboot. Right? But what's your angle? Is it just the Candyman's just going to kill more people? This trailer uh, goes in on it a little more than last year's original trailer. Yes. Um, which was a creepy-ass trailer. Last year's trailer was creepy as sin. Ending, they... ending with that whole, like, no, don't, don't, don't say it. Like, yeah. that was just, ooh, so well done. But um, this, year's, this year's trailer expands on it a bit more. Uh, th- this is very much a in the vein of what we've just been saying about the Marvel stuff. This is a legacy film. Well, it's because um, Vanessa Williams is returning as Anna Marie McCoy mm. from the original, and uh, Yaya Abdul Mateen the second is playing her son Anthony, who is a ba- who is a baby in the original. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you what context the baby features in the story in the original because you haven't seen it and you should see it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm talking to Chris, not the audience. If you've seen the 1992 Candyman, then uh, good on you. Uh, Chris, fucking watch it. Um, uh, I'll bring it back next week. <laughs> uh, so there is a direct there is a direct link there to the original movie. It And it does seem out how about it is... There's some suggestion in the trailer, some body horror stuff, that Anthony's, by invoking the Candyman legend, is somehow becoming a new Candyman. Mm. Uh, which again links into the the original has that sort of feel of people who invoke the legend become part of the legend and and that's how it propagates. Which I mean, I, know, I what I do know of that original series, one of the protagonists of the first one sort of becomes yeah, part of yeah. the myth as the films go and on, and that's the whole sort of. That's the sort of theme of. In fact, I think someone is is cast as that character, Ooh. but it's not the same. No, act, I'm going to set the cast list. Um, I think someone is credited as that character in this one, so it may just be in like flashback or something. But Possibly, it's, it's, yeah, it's. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me. But what's also interesting is we have two people cast 
uh, listing the cast as, as the Candyman. Yes. Um, we have our we have our lead, but Tony Todd, the original Candyman, is credited as the Candyman in this movie. Yeah. Well, and uh, we definitely hear his voice in the trailer. Is it his voice or is it? Because I don't know if it's his voice or if it's <clears> been um, treated. And also, this is just going off IMDb stuff, it, so it, it, it could be it could, could not be a, necessarily it, accurate. It could be a melding. It could, could be, be a melding. Up because the, my, my suspicion being is that this seems to be this seems to be leaning into soft reboot territory, the same way Halloween twenty eighteen. Oh, totally, did, totally. Set, the same way Force Awakens did. There's definitely an element of passing the torch. Yeah, in absolutely. This. Um, and Tony Todd as well. When the film early twenty nineteen, when the film was, I was reading up on this the other day. Early 2019, when the film was announced, yes, Tony Todd was asked about it in an interview, and he said, "Like, yeah, he says I, I wish them the best of luck." He was like, "It's it's an incredible myth, and I'm so honored to have been a part of it, and and the pedigree behind this. Like, it's going to be an amazing take, and I can't wait to see what they do with it." Mm. And it's like, "Oh, great, cool." And then two months later, it was announced that he had been approached to be in it. Yeah. So I get the sense that he he was you know it was it was obviously one of those where like it's ha- it was going to happen. He was not a part of it, but the writer had always, the writer has always intended him to be in it. Yes. And then they obviously tossed around like, do we do this? Do we make? Do we? Is it too great? And then they've done it. Yeah. So I, I, I think if they're getting him in, they're not just getting him in for like a, a brief flash. Like maybe like just one scene, but I don't think it's just going to be like there he is. Well, they might just be getting him in for voiceover. Maybe. Because I mean, he, mayhaps he was born in fifty four. He's he's in his fucking seventies at this point, nearly. So. Late sixties, so it's not. But hey, maybe that's the maybe that's the idea. Maybe the spirit's dwindling. Maybe it needs a new, maybe. new host. I think um, it looks really great. I think it looks really good. I think you will have a, 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 a deeper appreciation of where it's going once yeah. you see the original, um, which I think still really holds up as a as a neat sort of psychological horror movie. It's not as much of a slasher as you might think it is. No, um, it's more. It's a, of a, it's a boogeyman movie, more in the vein of like an It Follows. Uh, yeah, than a kind of. It's almost like it's almost like a ghost story movie in a way as well. Um, but a bit yeah, of, a bit of Dracula. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. It's the, the seduction of of of, of mm-hmm. uh, otherworldly force. Uh, but there's nothing seductive about Michael Myers, oh! who is coming back once again. Uh, again, delayed from last year, yeah. coming out this October. Uh, Halloween Kills, the first of two sequels to the David Gordon Green, Danny McBride uh, reboot slash sequel. Yes, the third uh, film sequel in the third series. Yes, the third, the third, <laughs> the third second sequel the third to Halloween. Yeah. yeah. The third, second sequel to the original Halloween. Um, Technically in the fourth series, if you count Halloween 3 as its own thing. Uh, which gets a massive shout out in this trailer. Yeah, that's true. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Just fucking... So we get we get Which I think is the best is, Halloween sequel of the so original good. prop. It is so good. It's fucking bonkers. And people hate it because it's not Michael Myers. And it's like, do you know what? If, it's, I mean, if, if you just re-released it. it now and just called it Season of the Witch... People, people dig it. hate it because it makes no fucking sense. Oh, true. But, uh, and it's, it's just weird, but it's great. It's great. And it's got some brilliant visual. Like, I've never seen, I've never looked at, like, a decayed mask and freaked out as much as I have with that. Like, it's, yeah, it's the, the visual of, it's, it is it's so, it's horrid. So, um, but yeah, in this, like, we get confirmation in this trailer for Halloween Kills that, yes, this takes place 
pretty much the next day after Halloween 2018. Or later the same night. Yeah, picking straight yeah. up from the, from the the ambulances and the, the fire department going back to the house as, as Laurie Strode and her family head the other way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we get also the reconfirmation that, yeah, this is a Halloween movie. Here's some dead people in Halloween masks. They just happen to be the silver shamrock masks, yes. which is a nice nod. And also finding out exactly how Michael survives. Yes. Uh, the uh, house fire at the end of... 2018 Halloween, which we kind of suspected was going to be the case anyway. Mm. Um, I also love so, that they're, they're avoiding what the Halloween sequels initially started to do, which was go, oh no, it's definitely supernatural. They hinted Here's it. Paul Rudd to look into it, into yeah. the arcane. Um, There's some dialogue from Laurie that hints at it. But more more so the idea of like he endures because he is pure evil. Yeah. like It's it's not necessarily like he endures because he was brought to life by a satanic cult and a yeah. ritual. To, it's, no, he is he's the essence of pure evil and that is why he is not he's not easy to kill and it's like well that's not a scientific thing but also it makes him scarier it's like yeah. the trailer brings back the whole the boogeyman thing and it's like that's that's what he fucking is like he's the shape this this thing is indescribable and terrifying and just blunt that's what's so scary about Michael Myers he's blunt oh he's blunt but his tools ain't Ooh. Sure. Yeah, this is a, this is a very this is a surprisingly violent trailer, and yet they still cut away. Yeah, at, at sort of key points, except for one moment with a um uh, a strip light. Oh, that's great. That is that's horrible. really good. It's really good. So, uh, Halloween Kills Part Three of the twenty eighteen re rejigged yeah, series. It's the, it's the third second sequel. Seventy eight, twenty eighteen, twenty twenty. 2021 now in 2022 yeah 2021 2022 Halloween ends Halloween ends next year which I I believe has been shot I believe they shot them back to back yeah I think I think the ending of that one was compromised a bit by lockdown because it was they were doing either reshoots or finishing the initial production yeah they they did shoot them they shot them together back to back but they shot them chronologically yes so well um, because I imagine they'll all take place the same night yeah. Oh, God. Can you imagine that? Three movies. I mean, then again, that's in the tradition. Halloween 2. The original yeah. Halloween 2 takes place it, like the it, same it, night. It, it picks up from the end of it. So, yeah. So weird. So, so it weird. looks like this will probably be Halloween Kills, which is technically Halloween 3. 3. is <laughs> picking up a lot <laughs> of, some if, of the or, same or ideas. If, you, if you're too pure with Michael Myers, Halloween, Halloween 3. 2. Yeah, Halloween yeah. 3. 2. <laughs> Uh, which is picked up from the same... Not to be confused with Rob Zombie's unmade movie, Halloween 3, 0.1. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> um, Halloween 3.3 3, uh, is going to be picking up... Halloween 3, but with a 3, like, cubed, like the Alien 3 yeah. title card. Yeah. Halloween, Halloween cubed is going to be picking up uh, p- probably similar themes and ideas from mm. Halloween 2, 1. Yeah. What? Hmm. Halloween 1, I mean, Laurie's in the hospital. Laurie's in the hospital. That's the Halloween 2, like, that's how it starts for her. She's in the hospital. So, the, the trauma end of it all, like, getting seen over. Looks like there's a gang of people going after Michael as well. Yeah. But there's other survivors, perhaps? The last, mo- the last movie... Because um, the first movie's great because it's just like, we are aware of Michael as an audience. Yeah. And then he slowly makes him the, the neighbourhood aware of him <clears> over the course of the, yeah. the, the kills that he does. But it's very much a... The first one, he's very much more a stealthy entity like he's just doing his business and not getting noticed the 2018 one is very much a we know this thing has 
escaped. Well, yeah, you've got that character, that character who's one of the policemen who brought him in on the original night. Yeah, that, that ends well. Um, um, like that that sort of the, the you know the second one in this series is like we know he's out there. Yeah. So yeah. this time it is what would be the natural response to knowing he's still out there? You send everything you fucking yes. got at him to to take him out. So I think it's a, it's, a, it's an absolutely natural organic progression of, yeah. of it and it will mean that it doesn't just feel like here we go again which I think people are more willing to do now is just to, go, to extrapolate out from an idea rather than be like okay what can we do to make this horror sequel uh, bigger and nastier and and, and, and bloodier mm. it's a case of okay we want to escalate but we want to escalate naturally Yeah. so how do we do that I think, I think that's why a lot of horror franchises now are a bit more consistent in their sequels Yeah. like the Saw movies I don't know if they're good, but they're at least they're consistent, consistent. Yeah. yeah, in terms of their themes and, and the ideas. The, the, it gets overblown. Like, the drama of it is just like, oh, wow, this is insanely complex. But um, We now have three plot lines about copycat jigsaw. Yeah, things. exactly. But it's, you know, there's a there's a consistency of tone um, and what they're working towards, uh, which you don't get in horror franchises that started in like the late 70s early 80s because it just becomes about that did good money yeah do I mean, it at, again look at Friday the 13th as a series uh, yeah. I mean I have mostly <laughs> and, uh, I'm so sorry it, they're, they're, they're nearly all bad but that's the only thing that really unites them <laughs> in terms of in terms of theme um, does make me wonder about because Halloween has kind of unlocked I think Halloween was the Halloween 2018 was sort of the linchpin it's sort of unlocked a lot of these older horror franchises now for new entries yeah I think so because we now have Candyman following on from it mm. um, Evil Dead Rises has started production yes they're talking about a Hellraiser TV show yeah so it's like it's kind of it's, it's some might argue well technically didn't Prometheus no no um, so <laughs> like, well didn't Alien cover no, no. <laughs> so <laughs> Didn't the, didn't the no. predator? No. Uh, although I'm still excited. I'm still excited to see where it goes now that it's in Disney's hands. Yeah, because you know they're going to do it. They're going to do more of it. Yeah. And they're going to absolutely ignore the predator. <laughs> I need to fucking read, ignore it. I need to read more of that current Alien Marvel series. I've only read the first issue. Yeah, uh, it's good. Well, I read it. It's I need to get on. I need to get on unlimited. I said I was going to say next paycheck, but at the moment priorities. Next next paycheck. Wait till, I'll probably pay for an unlimited. Wait till you get a bunch of money and then get a year's. I, well, I was I was going to pay for the I was going to pay for the because it would be like seventy quid UK money. The the nine hundred uh, the nine hundred. Oh my god, the ninety nine uh, dollar version for the first year. So that oh, I get, okay. So I get the unlimited thing and that random fucking like goodie bag of stuff. Yeah. The one. Yeah, that's true. Because like I'm um, sorry, there's a Kamala Khan Ms. Marvel figure wearing like a homemade Spider-Man version of her costume. Oh, speaking of that's subscri- cute as hell. Speaking <laughs> of subscription services, before we go on to the 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 sort of the re- TV recap of the week, um, <laughs> the, the crap. You know Wait, how? No, hang on. <laughs> you know how everyone's launched a subscription service? Oh no, there's not another. Yeah. Fucking hell. Games Workshop will launch a subscription service. How? What? Because they've spent the last two or three years just going around, getting a bunch of different animation studios to produce different animations for them, going to people who do fan films and saying, hey, do you want to come work for us directly? Okay, I mean, cool, mm. cool. I'm, I'm, I'm loving the, the idea of collaborative ex- expression, mm. but like, as a subscription service? Yeah. Do you get anything else other than access to fan films? Yeah. You do? Well, they're not fan films anymore. They're... Um, actual, um, their actual 
GW in-house production produced in-house. Okay, I mean, do you know um, what? In that case, I'm all for it as an experiment because they're like giving new filmmakers a chance to to work on stuff. Yeah, and it's all explicit. Like, it's all animation. Yeah, they're finding so they're finding new talent. Yeah, which is that's amazing, basically. But that's a lot of that's a lot of a lot to ask of a of a potential audience to be like. So come pay money. Yeah, to to us monthly for this. So like, I think. It, mm, it feels like you need to just do one big release of some kind to a market on a certain budget, see how it plays, and then... Well, they're launching... Uh, Ooh, they're nice. launching on the 25th of August. Yeah. With the first two episodes of two of the series that they're doing. Plus, they've got a bunch of in-house produced shows. Like, there's painting masterclasses, law shows... Uh, battle report shows, which is all stuff that fans have been making on YouTube for years, and they've finally gone. Do you know like, what? Well, let's, let's produce these in house. Let's work with you. Uh, Making part, of this. so that's part of it. The the apps that they have for Forty K and Age of Sigma, which is like yeah, rules and army list, army building apps, they're included in the subscription as well. Okay, because they have their own subscriptions. Uh, their digital back issues of their White Dwarf magazine and all, all like digital versions that's, of, of Now all. that's a selling point for your for your already yes. hooked audience, I think. I think for, for the Warhammer audience that already exists. Yes. Games Workshop audiences and, and everyone who's, who's in the tabletop stuff, if they see that, oh, if I subscribe to this, I get a complete access to all the White Dwarf back catalogue. Yes. That would be... Like, like well, we, we uh, were uh, waiting for the DC Universe app to... to rest in peace. Yeah. We were waiting for the DC Universe app to come to the UK because it meant, oh access to the complete back catalogue of the comics. Yes. Like, that was the exciting thing to me. Yes. The, the shows were a bonus. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll watch a Swamp Thing show, sure. Yeah. Uh, again, RIP. Uh, dead way before its time, because it was actually fucking excellent. But anyway. Yes. Um, got the Blu-ray now. <laughs> of course. I was like, I just don't want it. I just want to be able to go back um, and watch that horrifically uncomfortable under-the-skin gore of that show whenever I like. And nice. now I can. And it's only a 15. Certificate that surprised me anyway. Get over the one in 15 nowadays, that's true. Uh, yeah, <laughs> initially, it's only the, the 2020 issues of White Dwarf, but they're gonna they're gonna add new stuff every week. Um, like book, like old books, stories, putting all that stuff up on there. Um, you're gonna get like uh perks at official events, VIP badges, priority access, free merch, etc. etc. And okay, so there's, there's sort of a, a Patreon subscription model kind of thing of like you yeah. will get bonuses if you become part of this, um, and you get a fan club, free old school fan club. Yeah, and you get a free exclusive miniature. Okay. A cho- you get a choice of two, but you can buy the other if you're a subscriber. Nifty. Um, what, what's the? Uh, have they put up a price tag yet, or what it would be? No, but they will probably be expensive because they look very nice. I'll show you them in a sec. Oh no, I mean the um, subscription service itself. Oh yeah, for now. Okay, that's well, not bad. Or fifty or fifty for the year. That's even better. So, so um, if you are if you were already in in the life in the life, you're guaranteed to want to do this. the The way the model will sustain though is if they'll be able to reach people beyond the already grabbed audience. I think the animation is part as, of why DC Universe died on its own. As the animation I mean, come and, out more, that and, and they've already announced <laughs> at least I think six or seven shows and shown yeah. bits of them. Okay. That they're including a couple of fan projects that have now been upgraded to um, right, like the okay. Astartes fan the Astartes fan film, mm. which everyone loved. They went to them and said he was already working on a sequel to that. Yeah, and they went to him and said, "Hey, come and do it for our Warhammer subscription service." And like, okay. hey, 
you, and you made yeah. that unlicensed fan film about our stuff. And he's like, games which have been famous for doing. They're famous litigious and protective of their IP. Oh, so they Back to the Future 2 him. Yeah. Like, hey, I've got something for you. Oh, God, this letter. Oh, God. Oh, it's a contract asking for me to come work for you. Yeah. Oh, oh, thank God. um, He's alive. He's in the Old West, but he's alive. Astartes 2 is part of the big promotion for this so Good because shout. people they, they know what people want does that mean um, upper management have become more sort of open to the idea of fan collaboration in a very visible way hopefully it's not a hollow gesture hopefully they mean it and this is the uh, way you'd, you'd think so but uh um, do you hear that doctor who licensees yeah. back the fuck off <laughs> but they've also got these these are the two exclusive miniatures for the launch um, oh okay and so you, get to, you get to choose one of them, basically. That's pretty cool. Um, and then there's going to be a new one every year. Shit. So okay. So, so like on year one, there's not you pick one of two, and you can buy the other if you want if you're a subscriber. Yeah. And then year two, you're going to get another one. There's like a little cheeky little bonus. Yeah. That's not bad. Do you know what? Um, take back what I said in terms of the death of a thousand cuts thing, because this isn't strictly just a pay us to watch stuff. This, this is, is not a, going to be a Disney Plus like wide. Thing this is going to be something that a dedicated subset of people who are already fans of this material are going to deep dive on. Yeah, like me. Um, so <laughs> yeah, this, no, yeah, this is this is this is this is it's it's the old school fan clubs that like used to still exist, but used to exist a bit more when we were younger. It's that same kind of thing. It's like you sign up, you get free stuff, you get sent something every month. Yeah. Whereas in this case, a new thing will be uploaded for you to watch every month or read every month. Well, probably it'll be every week. Like it's, it's, oh. there'll be new new like digital new stuff going to the digital vault every week. There'll be new episodes of the animations every week. Um, obviously, but you know, if there's no if once they finish a season, it'll be the next show or whatever. But I think they've already ordered. I, I think they've already shown off like six or seven. I'm just gonna see if I find a list of the shows here. Um, Matt's trying to find a list of the shows here. Matt's trying to find the shows. So the Angels of Death. Which is a CG animated show about a, about a bl- bunch of Blood Angel Space Marines fighting Chaos Cultists. The first episode of that's launching. And then there's an anthology show called Hammer and Bolter. The first episode of that's launching um, in uh, on day one. Yeah. And then whatever what other stuff have they announced? They've announced the Starties 2. They've announced the Exodite, which is, I think, about a Tau... Um, Scout, and that looks that, that's again that's an, so that's an alien race. They've got an Imperial Guard based, uh, ongoing show. They've got some weird. Uh, let me see if I can find a list of the shows. Um, eleven shows. They've got. Um. So what? Nearly a baker's dozen. I know, right. So we've got so the Angels of Death is ten part animated series, ten episodes. Uh, Prior Nexus about the Necrons. Hammer and Bolt is an anthology series, which is going to be about stuff from um, Age of Sigma, which is fantasy, or Forty K, which is sci fi. Interrogator is like a sort of like a crime show um, about a uh, in, like a sort of trainee inquisitor. Uh, yeah. Uh, Astartes 2 is coming, Altar of Wrath, which I think is like a um, uh, Age of Sigma thing. you got something called a uh, Black Talon, which I know nothing about. You've got the Exodite. Uh, 
yeah, so fan artists such as Richard Boylan and Siama Pedersen have, have all gone into that. There's uh, 2D animation, there's the 3D CGI animation going for like photorealistic style, there's more stylized stuff. It's all, it's, it's kind of like the Animatrix as a um, subscription service. So it, it looks like it could be interesting. I'm, I'm, and we'll see what it's like when it starts. But yeah, it's, it's a. It's a media streaming thing plus also like a VIP subscription for like a fan club thing uh, rolled into one. So it could be, we'll see how it goes. I mean, they've made a lot of smart business decisions over the last couple of years and they read to the point where it got them through the lockdown pretty nicely, hmm. where a lot of other industries and, and companies sort of struggled. So this could be good and it could be good for the exposure of the brand because they've also got a live action adaptation of one of their novel series in development over at Amazon. Ah, so that could be the hook um, to bring in yeah. sort of the more mainstream audience. Yeah, so the... Do you I- like this? We got more over here, baby. The Eisenhorn novels, which were written by Dan Abner, who also co-wrote uh, the Guys of the Galaxy stuff that the movies are based on. Mm-hmm. He's a fairly prolific comics writer as well as, as another writer. He does a lot of stuff for... A lot of um, <clears throat> fiction for Games Workshop. Uh, like, writes a lot of the game stuff that they do and all that kind of thing. He... He wrote this really popular series of, of novels about Inquisitor Eisenhorn. That's being adapted into an Amazon uh, live action series. So there's, you know, this, they're getting the brand out there in a way because that's they're an IP business essentially. They like they they license their IP. The the models and the game are just ways they leverage their IP. Mm. That's what it's, it started out as as games, and now it's just an IP leverage company. So yeah, interesting. Back to subscription services. What 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 did we watch? What did we watch this week? Gone, Chris. The key episode three. The key. Spoilers ahead, but there's not really much to spoil. The key and Sylvie. Yes, freaking Sylvie. We have a name for the Loki variant. Yeah, you know who else is called Sylvie? Who? The Enchantress. Really? So is this the Enchantress, or is this the MCU's take on the Enchantress? Is just like oh, well, she does go around enchanting people. It's just a different Loki. Like, in, in yeah. the MCU, our take on the Enchantress is just a Loki variant. There well, you go. I'll, same same way that, like, Iron Man 2 featured Whiplash, but he was also the Crimson Dynamo. Mm. And they just kind of merged some characters together. Um, which, you know, like, as a lover of the Thor comics, like, part of me's like, it would be fun to see a sorceress character being like, Chris Hemsworth, fuck me! No. Aww. <laughs> Like, it, you know, yeah. like it would be fun to see that as a plot, but it also would be kind of, considering the MCU is very sort of, uh, I don't want to say sexless, but it's like people aren't motivated in the in these films necessarily by like what they want to do with their junk. Do you know what I mean? So it would yeah. be something weird to throw in a character who was like, I just want a bone Thor. And like, that's their angle. I mean, obviously you could be more nuanced with that. The Enchantress isn't just that in the comics. There are ways to play with it and yes. and, and you know do all the stuff with it, but um I can see them going this is more of a you know th- this is this is more of an Iron Man villain situation. Cuz like nearly every yeah, Iron maybe. Man villain in the movies isn't a translation of a of a direct villain from the comics. It's like an amalgamation of other ideas. So here you get to have your Lady Loki cake. Yeah. And eat it. Well, her comics are origin. The, the comics version of, of Sylvie Lushton mm-hmm. is a girl from Broxton who is made into the Enchantress by Loki. Ah, so is this in the JMS 
era. We post that, I think, yeah. Yes, yeah, so this is after Ragnarok. So the original Enchantress is gone in Ragnarok. I think the original Enchantress is still around. Oh, oh, so there are two Enchantresses. Yeah, this is not a right. This is. A I was going to say, like, Sil- is is Sylvia sort of... Mora? Is that her name? No, okay. Sylvie Lushton. Okay. Uh, but she takes the name of the Enchantress after she's given these powers by Loki. She doesn't know at first that Loki's given her these powers. Okay. But, yeah. So, yeah, so it's so sort of, they are having their cake and eat again. They're going, hey, you guys want Enchantress? We're not going to yeah. do Enchantress, but we're going to do an Enchantress. It could just be a neat... And it's it a nod to Lady Loki, which is from the same era. Yeah, it could... This, this, she could actually be... Because we don't know why Loki. she's called herself Sylvie yet. No. Like, I, do, I love the idea that she's like, I'm not Loki, don't call me Loki. And it's like, when you see her name, because it's now been pointed out online, you saw her name on some paperwork... In episode two, before the reveal, okay, one of the he's just going through variants of himself, paperwork, whatever, and one of the pieces of paper is the name Sylvie, uh, uh, Lauf, Laufy daughter, Laufy daughter, yeah, Laufy daughter, yeah, because so it's like, oh, so Loki Laufy son, presumably, yeah, you know, yeah, who had assumed he was Loki Odinson all this time. Like yeah okay interesting so which so, would, which would so it was a lot it was like, oh. there in everyone's face in ep two but not yeah. obvious and it's like that's kind of cool but yeah okay so it it's sort of their way of going enchantress and lady Loki tick like, yeah there you go yeah. and I do love I love the discussions between them in this of like so what you is it possession no it's enchantment right well how do you do that well that's what it means la 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 um, they go into the specifics of how her powers work a lot without demonstrating it in this episode too much yes which has led. A lot of people online to hypothesize, and I'm like, ooh, I think you're onto something here, that maybe this entire episode didn't happen. Possible, but I think you see too much of it that isn't, that doesn't directly involve her mm. for that to be the case. Yes, Bosh, yeah. Uh, I was interested that this is a two-hander. I felt like this was almost a step back tonally. But yeah, then maybe. again... Then again, it ends with an apocalypse, so... Yes. That's a hell of a cliffhanger. They can ramp up the craziness next week. Um, But it was interesting that the episode just basically turned into, I have our way home. I am the one who knows how to use it. Well, I guess we're going to have to work together, despite the fact we clearly want to kill each other. Yeah. (laughs) And and it was just a chance for... um, What's her name? Sophia D... Uh, Sophie DiMartino. Sophie DiMartino, that's it. Sophie DiMartino and Tom Hiddleston to play off of each other. Yeah. Um, I loved the opening. Yes. The opening was great. Yeah. Because you're just suddenly like, hang on, why is terrible accent lady from Hellboy um, <laughs> having a margarita that's like, name now. In, in Hawaii or whatever with, with Lady Loki? What is going on? Like, I, I thought that was great, but that... That's part of the the theory that maybe the whole episode was in Loki's well, head because later on, of course, they have an extended scene sat at a table, same yes. framing. Loki's the only one drinking, as... so it could well be that could well be the case. Um, she also does like try to enchant him at one point, and it doesn't work, and you know, and he's like, "Well, obviously, my mind's too strong." Yeah, and it's like okay, but then obviously. later on, he's like, "So how does it work?" And she goes into a description and says, "Like it with people stronger minds, it takes time. You have to like seed it." Mm. And it's like, oh, did something happen there mm. when she touched him? Like, from that point on, was it all a fantasy? Um, there's some really odd moments in this that took me out of it a little bit. Uh, during the apocalypse, a building's about to collapse on him, and he sort of, like, seemingly wills it to go back up. End of Doctor strange style Which is not something we've seen him do before. Yeah. So, that's did he actually do it? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's odd. Yeah. Um, although I do love the idea of, like, 
it's the apocalypse thing. It's like, we could do whatever the fuck we want. It won't matter because the world is going to end for these people. Yeah. And then the episode ends with the rocket that they are going... Because their whole thing is, right, we've broken the... the I keep calling it a pit boy. Like, we've, we've, yeah. we've broken the big giant watch thing. The tempat. That's it. We've broken the tempat. Um, so how do we get out of the situation? We fix the apocalypse so that the TVA have to come in to investigate. And that's how we get back. Like yeah. we, we hijack them and get back. But then they arrive at the end and the rocket that they're going to fix blows the fuck up. And it's like, oh. Which is what was always supposed to happen. Yeah. So the cliffhanger's, the cliffhanger's really nice, but it... I, I, this, mm, I enjoyed the episode, but at the same time, it was the first one that made me kind of go, where, where are we going with this? What's happening? Because I sort of don't know what the objective of the series is now. I'm a bit confused. It's going to be about the timekeepers because mm. we've now had the revelation that that was the best nugget. Yeah, yeah. that the, the people who are part of the TVA are all variants. Yeah, which is why she was able to conjure up that hallucination for Terra Black's and Hellboy Lady. Yeah, she's pulling from her. She used to be yeah. someone who lived on Earth. Yeah, and had a life, and it's like, okay, that's. Huh. Presumably Mobius was. Yeah. Presumably Mobius maybe liked jet skis before... You... Yes! Yes! Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's And it's like, right, so how deep does this run? And, oh God, what's the name of the judge lady? Renslayer. Renslayer. Renslayer? Renslayer. Renslayer. Of course, yes. Right. Renslayer, is she the only one who knows different? Does she know different? Does she know different? Is she herself a mind-wiped variant? Because that's the implication. Yeah. That they all either have been there... So long they've forgotten, and it's just like you know, eons of I time. I think it's passed. more like they've been mind wiped. Or they've been yeah. mind wiped, yeah. Because it's like, and, and is that is that what sort of Renslayer sort of hoping happens with Loki? Like Mobius has yeah. a hunch, and she's kind of hoping that they'll keep Loki around long enough that they can just like make him part of it. And be like, yeah. and moving on, like nothing to see here. He's just oh that guy, yeah, that's Loki. He works in Department Seven. And he, do you know what I mean? Or is that why she's keeping such a close eye on it? Because it's like now this guy's. This guy's not as easy as the rest. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... it's There's something going on with, that, with the Timekeepers. Or whatever is the Timekeepers and calls itself the Timekeepers. It's going to be Kang, isn't it? Could, well... It's going to be what, Kang. Is it? Kang who plays with travelling through time? Like, Listen, wouldn't every exactly time... If he was establishing, like, the methodology to monitor all of time. Every time... How that... do you one-up Thanos? You go, well, this guy could literally go back to when Thanos was born and throw him in a toilet. Every time... Because that's how you kill babies, right? You throw them in toilets. Yeah, that's what you do. They can't... They I was reading really Thanos Rising again yesterday and I'm pretty sure... I was dozing off, but I'm pretty sure it ends with his mum throwing him in a toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that makes sense. <laughs> um, so, every time that we are... I joke, but I was reading Thanos Rising again last night. <laughs> every time that we or the or someone else has been talking about oh, this thing in this show is going to be X, Y, or Z. We're always yeah, wrong. That's true. We're always wrong. And I, I'd, I'd like to be proved wrong. We, we are proud members of the Ralph Boner was a great decision club. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm, we, I'm we, we are fucking delighted it. with that. We think it's amazing. Don't show me things that, especially because Kanisha guesses everything right. Don't show me things She's that She's really Kanisha good at that. She's yeah. fucking terribly good at it. She's literally terribly good at it. <laughs> Um, there are no surprises, whereas where she's concerned if she's watching something and decides to share her thoughts with you. Um, so she's gotten good at holding it back and be like, mm, "Yeah, she's gotten good at shutting the fuck up." Um, I, won't, I won't tell you unless you want to talk about it. It's like, okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> and then I have to ask because I'm curious. Um, so I think, yeah, 
I kind of like the fact that I don't know where it's going because, and I don't, I don't really want to spend time thinking about where it's going, particularly because I don't want to, you know, I've got to guard my heart. Oh, guard your hearts. Um, <laughs> because what is love? Love is a dagger. <laughs> love is uh, an elite. It is a fake dagger. I liked it. It. it I'm more. My result isn't. <laughs> that was amazing. My result is more. I'm more anticipatory of where it's going now. I want to see where we go with it. Yes. Did you see the other Disney Plus Marvel show um, tidbit that snuck out this week? No. So quite a few uh, folks have been going back to rewatch WandaVision. Because, yes. you know, like, we're now at the point where there are two other shows in full series to watch if you are, like, between Loki episodes and fancy a bit more MCU TV. You can go back and or, or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And a few have spotted that the post-post-credit scene for WandaVision has been day two patched. What? The scene in question is the one where um, the camera pans to a lake. And a forest. Mm-hmm. And as the camera gets close, there is a cabin. And Wanda is sat outside yes. drinking coffee. Yes, and the camera yes. zooms through. And inside uh, an astral projection of Wanda as the Scarlet Witch is flicking through the dark hold and hears the voices of her children. Yes. Some have noticed that since a denser layer of trees have been added to the environment, comparison slides of what it looked like on release and what it looks like now okay. show that it is definitely I'll, I'll bring up the, the pics for you it is definitely a thicker row of trees tell me about which is, which is thicker row which is kind of odd because you're like well that's not anything important like maybe just they were a bit like mm, do you know what we kind of like the environment to look a little different like why not you know mm. maybe, maybe, the, maybe the team were just a bit dissatisfied with the shot and like, yeah. let's, let's yeah. tweak it um so I'll show you now. That is how it looked in March of 2021. Okay, okay. Yeah. Here is how it looks in May of 20, uh, oh, May, June of 2021. That's odd. That's it's weird, right? That's odd. Really, really freaking weird. Not only that, some folks have noticed a shape. Oh, no. There is something in the far corner of the shop. Oh, no. So here's again, March 2021, as it is. Yeah. March 2022. There's something... Sorry, uh, March March 2022. What the fuck? Well... June 2021. There's something up there that some people have spotted. Something... Now, some have speculated, oh, for Christ's sake, it's a droplet on the camera. That's... that's or that? maybe it's just visually whatever. God, we're getting into emergency awesome But then hit Yeah, but then here's footage. Top corner up there... There is something drifting through the shot. Ah. Now, again, speculation, it's a droplet of water on the camera. Cool. But here's the thing. It's a completely digital composited shot. As, as now, yeah, as now it's confirmed by the trees. It may be a physical cabin set and a genuinely real Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, it's probably but, a real Elizabeth Olsen. But it is a digitally composited shot. That is a triangular wafting that? shape. That is drifting down. It's the time scoop! (laughs) (laughs) But others have noticed. Others have noticed. Fuck me. Why are we doing this? Because it's just interesting. It is interesting. I'd be like, you're reaching there, guys. But But then I saw the comparison shot of of the trees. And I was like, you know, someone has gone in and digitally added a shitload more forest. 
That's weird. Mm. That is weird. Um, uh, yeah, okay, here we go. So, this is where the speculation is coming from. In the music of that moment... Oh, God. In the music, there is an added theme woven into the score of her reading The Darkhold. Okay. That was not previously there. Oh, okay. The credits themselves have amended to include that too. Oh. So the music page on that episode, yes. you know, additional music, Michael blah blah, score coordinates, other western, yeah. score mixed by fa-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da, Doctor Strange theme composed by Michael Giacchino. Okay. Couple that with the triangular wafting, floating, potentially astral-looking thing in the top corner. All right. And it looks like they might be tying it into Multiverse of Madness. So it's entirely possible there's a scene in Multiverse of Madness, which we know stars Elizabeth Elizabeth Olsen as the Scarlet Witch, that they are going to... There's a scene in that film that picks up... At this moment, I, I hate it. I know, I hate right? It so much. I know, right? It's it's because like it's fucking ridiculous. But why would they go back and add a shitload of more visuals unless they have shot a scene continuing on from that moment with her, and the location filming they've done looks a bit different? I really so hope they've gone in and tweaked it so that if you do watch them back to back, they match. I really hope they're wrong because if they're right, it's going to be the Doctor Manhattan's fingernail thing from the Watchmen show all over again. <laughs> True. Okay. Which was just yeah. so infuriating that they were right. But I don't mind this if it's real. I mean, and, it's, and it's me. Be- and it's because it's me. The- and it's because there's a reason in Multiverse of Madness that it's kind of cool because it means as they've made it, they've gone, oh, actually, do you know what? If we could have him be there because he arrives there in astral form or whatever, like moments later, if we could set that up. Could you add that in? That's not that's not bad. That's yeah. One of the benefits of it being on a streaming service is that they can do that if they want. And also they've said they're not going to do the physical releases of these, which is kind of sucks. Ah, uh, they've tweaked the statement since. They've okay. said that there are currently no plans for physical releases. Okay. Cuz yeah, that was the, the it was they're not doing physical releases of the Disney Plus shows and everyone went, "Right, well fucking hang on, I get it. We, those of us who are watching it have already paid for the service, but we also you're also talking to a, a market of an audience that, like, a portion of your of your audience that are a market for people who would buy physical releases, who would like to also own it physically. You also have people who won't buy Disney Plus because they don't want to do it to watch the shows. But if you said to them, "Oh, twenty dollars for the box set," they go, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. it's you're you're, yeah, you're losing yeah. money by keeping it exclusive because uh, Netflix do it. Netflix, like a couple years after a show's release. Yeah, they take their time, but they do do it. And they don't make a fan... That's the trick. They don't make a fanfare of it. No. They're not like, Stranger Things, the box set, available now. Like, it just quietly releases. So people will normally go, oh, you want to watch Stranger Things? You should subscribe to Netflix. Where's my Hemlock Grove box set? (laughs) Where's my... Where's my Lilyhammer, the complete series? (laughs) Because I think those are both gone now. I don't think you can watch them anymore. Yeah, they're just quietly just off the pop. It's like, oh, they didn't work. <laughs> and this rid- is why physical media is still superior, folks. Because you can still fucking own a thing mm. after your digital overlords get rid of it. Mm. It's... Fuck me sideways. Anyway. No. Speaking of fucking me sideways. Uh, uh, correspondence. Oh, before we do. Yeah. Before we get into correspondence. <laughs> can, I just, can I just ask you... Um, can I just... 
ask you one thing. Yeah. Are you Mr. Nimbus? <laughs> can can you control the police? I, he, Matt, Mr. Nimbus can control the police. How do you not know this? <laughs> yeah, fuck. Rick and Morty season five. Oh my god. Can we just say, we, we're just going to say Mr. Nimbus is great. The time travel mechanic was great. All the, all the sort of differing timelines thing was really neat. And Fantastic the, Four is clearly a favourite of the writers' they room. They fucking love Fantastic Four. They fucking love it. I mean, I just... So, the Council of Ricks has been a thing. And yeah. It's like, yeah. And now we have Mr... <laughs> Mr. Namor Imbus. Yeah. <laughs> who seemingly has a history with Rick and his, his late wife. And he's horny as shit. Horny as shit. Wears his tiny little speedo... Uh, and also um, calls him Richard. Yes. And it's like, you were just, you are showing your Fantastic Four fandom right now. It's, yeah. It is nuts how much this is inspiring you. But I also love that the title's like my Richter Mortandre. And it's like, it's a shit take on my dinner with Andre. Yeah. And it, so it sort of leads you into thinking that the episode's going to be two people sat at a table talking. Yeah. And then that turns out to be the joint B-plot yes. of the episode. Rick is the B-plot of the episode. Beth and Jerry's, like, experimental sex life is the other joint B-plot of the episode. Yes. Summer off on a separate adventure is the C-plot of the episode. Let's lick some tits. <laughs> I love that that's a continuing thread. It's like, you yeah. know, Summer's basically better than you. So, like, yeah. Summer is technically now Rick's favourite grandchild. <laughs> but the show's called Rick and Morty, so the show will never go away Well, she's the Morty. competent one, so he can trust her to do things on yeah. her own. Um, the main plot with Morty and the Time Door is some of the smartest... Yeah, it's really good. ...fucking sci-fi really good. I've ever seen, made even better by its misuse as just a farcical comedy bit. Yeah, which is what Rick and Morty does really well, yeah. actually. Yeah. It's I'm I'm getting series one vibes again. Like the second half of last series was very series one, and I liked that because series one was, hey, what if Red Dwarf but really crude? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm here for this. Yeah, I'm here that. for this. I can see that? Like clever sci-fi premise, completely and purposefully undermined by stupid and ridiculous <laughs> characters. Yes. I loved it. Like Mr. Nimbus. Like Mr. Nimbus. Mr. Nimbus! I hope we see more Mr. Nimbus, but at the same time, I hope we don't. Because yeah, they love... make a joke about that. They yeah. make a joke about, like, why are they all bird people? Get a new fucking idea yeah. and all this stuff. And it's it's this whole thing of, like, they have they have mocked the idea of continuity in the show before. Yeah. And then they give you a little thread. So, like, last year we got the the wrap-up of Tammy and, and, and Phoenix person. <laughs> but it wasn't essential. And early in the same series, they even mocked the idea of even returning to it. It's yeah. like, why would we do that? <laughs> Like, what's the fucking point? And then later in the series, they're like, oh, go on. But it serviced the Beth clone story instead. Like, that's the story we're yeah, telling. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're quite good at doing when they want to. And, and, and they're, you know, they're definitely never going to do another interdimensional cable. Although we did get a little bit. They, they dangled it. it in front of us again this yeah, time. Nintendo 69. Yeah. Which I think is just, it's such a great little throwaway <laughs> guy. And then Rick later on, yeah, yeah. just like mentioning it was the They're very good at that. They're very good at that. Uh, yeah, I really good season opener. Like, really, yeah. really, really strong. Uh, made for a nice double bill last week because the UK 
has finally got Harley Quinn series two. Yeah, and I, to, I, I think they were wait, I think they were waiting for Rick and Morty because they're both on on Monday nights now. Like it's back to back Rick and Morty, Harley Quinn. Yeah, okay. On E four, so I watch it on catch up on Tuesdays um, as a double bill. Harley Quinn series two. This isn't a review because like if you're an American listener, you you saw it a year ago. Um, we in the UK are only now just getting it legally. It's fucking ridiculous yeah. how long it's taken. Um, really strong season opener. They are happy to kill off characters you don't think you'd kill off in a DC property. <laughs> like, and yet Batman can't go down on Catwoman. Oh, God. <laughs> fucking prudes, man. Can I just say that last week's thumbnails are my proudest work for this podcast? They're excellent, I thought. Thank you. Yeah. I was. I, I, had, I had to skirt every possible potential complaint. I was like, well, how do you know what he's doing? How do you even know that's Batman's head? Yeah. That's a toy, so obviously he's not performing a sex act because it's a toy. Yeah, smooth. Yeah. Like a Barbie doll. Um, like a goddamn Babada Hahul. Speaking of smooth like a Barbie yeah, doll. Give us some correspondence from the old Twitter. Twitter. We got a question in from lovely Sean Lindsay. Hello, Sean. 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 Sean would like to know what is yes. your, your show, movie, or game that is like unequivocally bad, but you enjoy the most? Like, um, what, so, so, not even guilty pleasure, like proud filth dip. What is that like? Proud filth dip. What, what, what are the options? Show, film, and show, film, or game? Like some of which just everyone, everyone unequivocally, the world is like, this is fucking terrible. And again, we've talked about this before. There is a difference between objective and subjective opinion. Subjective opinion is personal. Yeah. It is never wrong. It is how you feel about it, and that is not. <clears throat> that it cannot be wrong. Objective opinion. That's about objectivity. Objectivity yeah. about deconstructing it. Um. It's not necessarily wrong, but like it can sort of be argued and thingied. This, I guess, would be something that is universally seen. So, like ninety percent of its audience yeah, yeah. is like, "This is trash." I think I've got one of each for these actually. Oh, really? Uh, show is the eighties Transformers TV show. It's awful. Oh, okay, yeah, it's one of those that on revisits people don't like it, but anyone who grew up with it, but adores it. By the same token, <laughs> I could also say um, uh, Xenon Warrior Princess. No, that is I don't good. know. I think that's that knowing. It's knowing that, that good, though. Whenever actually. it is cheesy, it knows. Yeah, I don't know if there's an actual bad show that I really love, that being said. That's, that's widely recognised as a bad show. At the, Not that I've watched recently, anyway. Th- this one is retroactively seen as a bad show. Like As it went on, people began to acknowledge how fucking terrible it is. Yeah. And as a result, then began to reassess what they'd watched for the past, like, five seasons. Yes. But I remember watching the first half season, because obviously they had mid-season finales. Yeah, yeah. Um, of Glee in 2010. Okay, yeah. And really enjoying it. Yeah. Like, and I don't say that as in a, I would go back and watch it, but as in a, no. Like, I know I know it isn't great, really, but there was enough in that that it, I think partially it was because it was like the one bonding exercise me and my flatmate had mm. for a while. I also guess... And we quite enjoyed taking the piss and talking about what we enjoyed. I also guess it's because Glee's one of those shows that's kind of, um, it's, it's flavoured by its 
by knowing what we know about some of those performers now. Oh, tarnished legacy. So, yeah. That show is yeah. that show is a fucking dumpster fire yeah. of of, uh, of of And to be fair, there's plenty of those around. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but on the plus side, the uh, the Sue meme of like I'm going to make a blank that is so blank will live on. Yeah, and that is funny. Like I I never yeah. tire of seeing that online. I genuinely think that is one of the funniest recurring memes ever. Um, on the subject of <laughs> film, 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 film this summer. I'm going to make a musical TV series that is Wait. so mired in personal controversies. Film, film, uh, all of them are bad. <laughs> Every film. There's so many bad films. All film, Daredevil 2003. I, I can't yeah, not enjoy yeah, it. I always enjoy it. Um, I know it's not good. Oh, Van Helsing. Oh, see, I can't Van enjoy Helsing. That. I, I can't love enjoy it. it. I love <laughs> it. Blade Trinity. Yeah, I mean, then again, that's more enjoyable knowing about the behind the scenes. Yeah, that's also true. Um, oh, God, there's so many for films, like really bad films that I love. Van Helsing, man. Oh, Van Helsing. God. It's the way forward. I am. Hello. It's part, so good. Part of the Richard Roxburgh early 2000s bad guy trilogy. It's so good. League of Extraordinary um, Gentlemen, Van Helsing, Moulin Rouge. See, League of <laughs> you watch those three, just watching them of the opinion that this is a Richard Roxburgh yeah. trilogy, and you come out of it going, wow, this guy is simultaneously great and fucking terrible at the same time. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is, to coin a phrase, so bad it's bad. Yeah, oh god, yeah. yeah like no. there's no redeem like there's nothing redeeming in it. Van Helsing is terrible, but it's great fun. <laughs> it's really good fun. Um Also people don't like the Mummy Returns, but I really like the Mummy Returns. Oh, Mummy Returns well. is great. I mean it's, it's Mummy Returns <clears throat> suffers from Ghostbuster 2 syndrome. It's yeah. like do you like the first one? We're going to do it again but slightly re- slightly re re yeah. remixed. And if you like the first one, then hey, it's just more. But ultimately, it is a pointless movie. Yeah. Like Ghostbusters 2, The Mummy Returns, they are pointless movies. Yeah. But I, I dig them. I dig them a lot. Um, um, oh, I mean, they're fucking so better than Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Oh, that's, that's awful. That's Which awful. is only, only watchable for Jet Li being like pretty sort of interesting in the few scenes he's actually in it and not a CGI monster. Well, they, they do the Iron Man 2 thing of drawing attention to the fact that one of the leads has been recast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just, knowledge, like sort of wink and not acknowledging it in the dialogue, but also... Hey, Mum, since you've changed your hair, you look real... D- I yeah. hate that. Also, I don't like that... I, I, I don't like that actress in that role. It's just a bad fit. Yeah, it's just a bad fit. fit. It's not really a fault of her own. It's it's Whenever it comes well, to stuff like yeah. that, it's down to casting. And it's, it's like if, poor if, casting. Yeah. And they, don't, they don't have the chemistry that Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz had. And that that's one of the Which things. Kills it. That's one of the things with Daredevil. One of the reasons people hate it is they're just like Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner do not <laughs> bounce off each other, and it's like ironic considering later on. Oh, Keith <laughs> like, finally got around later to... on. They became a fucking Keith finally got around to showing me Electra recently. It's awful, isn't it? I, I, it's it's not even awful. It's just like, mm. and it's weird because mm. it's I like, fell asleep. It's weird because it's like no, often I fall asleep during movies. Very rarely, I fell asleep during Electra. It's weird because it's one of the very first times a lot of the things that later on were utilized brilliantly in Daredevil make mm. their not even just like cinematic debut, their debut outside of comics. Yeah, like the TV shows weren't dealing with like stick and and all that sort of stuff, and yet there they all are in Electra. Yeah. And it's the just, fact that they go supernatural with some of their villains, like off the bat, I'm like, okay, sh- sure, fucking let's do this. This is different. Like yeah. they say, separate from Daredevil. Daredevil's the street level crime thing. Elektra's like all about mysticism and martial arts and 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 you know 
<laughs> we keep going back to it, like the idea of like the boogeymen and things like that. The idea of these you know, monsters in the dark that operate through myth and but yeah, it just fails to be interesting it's in any meaningful way. Um, terrible. It's Terrence Stampable. Bless him. Oh, terrible TV shows. A paycheck for that movie. Terrible TV shows that I really like. That film, wasn't it? Uh, Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was Terrence Stampin. Yeah, like, Terrence Stamp. Yeah. yeah. From when I was like, oh, was it Malcolm McDowell? And I'm getting him confused. No, uh, well, same hairline. <laughs> what about games? Awful games that you really like. Oh, I mean, I, I know one in my house that's not one of mine. Lucy absolutely adores Monster Race of the PS1. <laughs> and you can understand why that's a confusing thing, because you faced off against her for a Halloween yeah. stream a few years ago on it, and it's just, it's garbage. I mean, you love Crash Nitro Cars. That's an awful game that you love. Oh, no, no, I don't like Nitro Cars. Nitro Cars can get, get Oh, no, no. Uh, uh, Crash Team Racing. Crash Team Racing, that's the one I mean. Yeah, How yeah. dare you? How dare Crash you? Racing. Nitro Cars, I would take. But Crash, Crash Team Racing, Racing, the terrible, terrible game that it loves. Um... <laughs> Mario <laughs> fucking Mario lover. I don't um, even hate I don't even not like it that much I just it's, it's not just, for you yeah <laughs> I don't have any strong feelings about it I just terrible games that you love I, terrible games I sort of try to avoid terrible games really like yeah, I sort of well, if I know if I know I'm not going to enjoy a play thing. through them yeah I suppose it just depends what's bad about it because if it just plays awfully then it, you kind of um it's difficult to push through it, but if it's just like the the, the script is terrible. I mean, I had a whale. Plays of, okay, I had a whale of a time with it. Amazing Spider-Man Two. It's, yeah, it's got really good swing mechanics, which then Insomniac like went a different direction and proved that you can actually make it way more intuitive. Yeah, but like Amazing Spider-Man Two up to that point was the best swing mechanics for a Spider-Man game because it was trigger based. Mm. The back triggers were your web shooters. So when it came to swinging, you relied on it gave you that little feeling of oh I'm pulling I'm pulling the trigger on the web shooter yeah like I'm making that decision if I want to go left I want to angle left all right left left trigger let's go left left arm um, and the combat's not bad it's it's a full on Arkham knockoff like it's completely an Arkham knockoff yeah it's, yeah Spider Sense is a counter whereas again Insomniac perfect it the Spider Sense is a dodge. And you can counter yeah. based on how you develop your skills. Yeah. Um, but like Amazing, Amazing Spider-Man Two is just like no, it's triangle is this is the is a counter combo, move yeah. and and you know um, and Spidey's in-game models, him and all of his alternate costumes looked gorgeous. Everything else is fucking abysmal. Yeah, I remember seeing some footage of it and being like the all the geometry and the 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 city itself just looked like human a PS2 faces. Spider-Man. Oh god, human faces now. <clears throat> Non-human faces, like sort of faces that are warped slightly, like Electro being blue and electric and stuff, um, uh, and like Craven plays a decent part in the game. There's a whole subplot with Craven. Mm. Um, he's a bit more comic book in his design. He's very beardy and everything. So it's like the faces that aren't meant to be based on real life people or clean shaven look <laughs> look, look fine. Oh, they can't. They haven't worked out how to do chins. Is that what it is? Oh god! Like Black Cat looks weird. Looks weird. Mm. Um, because again, it falls into that trap of, well, we have to have Black Cat in this, we guess. Because that, yeah. that seems to be a thing with the movie adaptation games. They're like, I guess we put Black Cat in it. And it's like, I love that character. Can you maybe like hold off? <laughs> Just hold off. Yeah. So she can have an appearance like in a film at some point. That'd be cool. Um, instead of jinxing yourselves over and over again. Because like, the Amazing Spider-Man video game is set... The Amazing Spider-Man video game is a sequel to The Amazing Spider-Man. And is set after the events, and 
the lizard ties into it. Like at one point, you break Connors out of Ravencroft to help uh, figure out the mutation problem that's going on. Yeah, because the whole thing is about a bunch of people or animals that have been mutated into humanoids and they break loose. And it's based on the research of Connors uh, at Oscorp. So you fight off against a version of Iguana. You fight off against mm-hmm. a version of Vermin. You fight off against a version of the Scorpion and a version of Rhino. Okay. And it's like, cool. But also, like, you're just reducing all these villains to <laughs> mindless experiments. Yeah. And it's like, that's kind of boring. Like, it's the same that The Amazing Spider-Man 2... Po- your credit scene is like so you're insinuating the Sinister Six are just going to be the people who use the tech in this yeah. room like that is so boring the people who take stuff out of the box what makes his villains compelling is the characters themselves and how they react to him and bounce off of him yeah. in this it's yeah. just hey do you see we've done all of his villains and they kind of grunt and maybe talk a bit it's, it's like weird. Oh. it's weird like as a shortcut Sure, as a shortcut to be like, how do we get a bunch of Spider-Man villains tied into one story? Well, we'll do it this way. Yeah. Sure. But when they did that in the Ultimate Spider-Man comic, it was an ongoing thing with companies creating supervillains on the sly for profit. Yeah. Like, they were still humans, and we still got to know them and their personalities and stuff. Like, they weren't then just turned into horrible monsters. Like, it was suits and tech and all this that elevated the person they were. Yeah. Um... So that always annoyed me, but then it's of course that thing they have to walk it back because Rhino features in that. But then of course Rhino is then in Amazing Spider-Man Two, the movie, as Paul Giamatti in a tracksuit oh, and then yeah, in the next yeah. suit. So it's like, hang on, hang on, you shouldn't. Ju-. That's why the shockers in every fucking video game adaptation because they're like, well, they're never going to do him in the films, so we'll put him in the games. And then now it's good that they don't make games of him anymore. Yeah, because we've had two, we've had two shockers, <laughs> two shockers in one, in one film. Um, but yeah, so like Amazing Spider-Man Two is just, just I, I <laughs> as I describe it, I'm going to show you what Harry Osborn looks like in the game. So oh picture, God! Keep in mind in the movie that it's based on because Amazing no, Spider-Man Two the game, no, 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 Amazing no, Spider-Man Two no, the no, game no. adapts the film. Yeah, but it pretty much leaves Gwen Stacy out, adds the Craven subplot, extends the Harry and Peter interactions. Why does it leave Gwen out? And changes uh, Electro structure in the plot. I guess because complications slash like light right lightness rights maybe maybe even though she's in the first one and doesn't look much like Emma Stone but she's in the first one I think the only lightness rights they got for the first game is Risa fans because he looks like Connors looks like him yeah he's voiced by Steve Bloom but he's doing a really good Risa fans like impersonation so it's like okay and then in the second one they got the rights to uh, well no in the first one they didn't get the rights to Andrew Garfield's likeness. So you play as Peter with his mask off in a first-person sequence in the prologue. Okay. And then after that, he's always in the suit. In the second one, you see Peter out of it a lot, but they obviously didn't get clearance. So it just looks like... It does not look like Andrew Garfield at all for the whole game. Um, So Amazing Spider-Man... They definitely didn't get the likeness rights to Dane DeHaan as well, put it that way. Amazing Spider-Man 2 game. Harry Osborn. No, no, I don't like this. Here we fucking go, boys. I've not seen it yet, but I don't like it already. Okay, so just to remind you, that's what Dane DeHaan looked like as Harry Osborn. Yeah, fair, fair, yeah. Sickly, pale, weedy. And and that's just Dane DeHaan. And then then the there is Harry Osborn. Yeah. Here is what Harry Osborn looks like in Uh, the game. Oh, no! No! No, that's like... uh, Oh, God, I don't know what they... That's just, like a late night. That's like an early nineties Kenner action figure version of him. That's but then like, they put it in four yeah, K, like protruding jaw, 
like plastic hair. Just oh, oh, that's awful. Bro- that's really awful. broad shoulders. Yeah, it's so bizarre. They just sort of smushed him and spread him out. Oh god, there's Peter. By the way, that's oh, Peter. That's, that's that's not a good Peter. That's, that's a bad Peter. That's Pieter Piarker. Pieter uh, Piarker, my fucking big no. fat flabby ass. Oh, the Kingpin was in that game as well. Oh, what? I just remember, yeah, because there's Felicia Hardy. There's a whole thing where you interrogate her at a, at a party, like we are posing as a photographer. Because the games implement the bugle as an element. Okay, yeah. And Jameson appears as emails. Sure. Yeah, bollock you um, in both the games. It's, it's so odd. It's so freaking... Yeah, there's... Oh, there's Kingpin in the game. I totally forgot he was in it. There he is. Oh, wow. Hello, it is me, the Kingpin. Hello. I remember his boss fight was okay. Kind of tough, but like, yeah. I might I might stream it soon, because it's, it's a fucking awful game. And it's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, yeah, we can both stream awful games. <laughs> On what channel? On Big Damn... No. On Twitch.tv. Twitch.tv forward slash Big Damn Stream. Ah! ah. We have got a couple of emails, but we'll push them to next week because we're, we're, we're you got, at the hour and you got half shit to do and you've got day. places to be, so yeah, yeah. you've got places to be. Um, um, there's one chunky long email which we want to dig into, but we'll, we'll get to that. Well, do, do you know what? Should we open um, next week with a chunky email? We'll open next week with a... Maybe. Maybe we will. We'll maybe chunk we it. Um, but if you do want to send us more big chunk emails or even short little missives then you can do so at bigdamncontact at gmail.com I love a tiny missive and love, I love a little missive also you can tweet us at bigdamncast I like cast. the pop sound it makes when it gets pulled out <laughs> and you can if you do want to support I don't know why you would because listen to this fucker but if you do want to support the show <laughs> keep the lights on pay for the storage of the show get out to discord server do that you can in fact do that if you're ever like why um, do they not talk about this story why do they not talk about that story chances are it's been discussed on the discord yeah and to get on the discord you've got to be a patron as well as a quid a month mate patreon.com forward slash big damn cast now with that Okay, I'll get the camera. Yay!